Last year, Alabama and Clemson met in the college football playoff for the third consecutive season. This year, both teams are having to decide whether to replace their accomplished but limited quarterbacks with heralded but inexperienced ones. Clemson played its spring game last weekend, and the two frontrunners for the QB job delivered performances of wildly contrasting quality. Meanwhile, Alabama's spring game is this upcoming Saturday, but the favorite to win that job will be on the sideline. Today, we'll explore how recent developments have changed the dynamics of these two high-profile quarterback battles. It's April 19th. I'm Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. If Tua Tungabailoa ever had a hope of locking up the Alabama starting quarterback job this April, that prospect became far less likely on the very first day of spring practice when the rising sophomore sprained the thumb of his throwing hand. Tungabailoa was able to ease his way back into practice a short time later, but last week suffered a setback that Nick Saban revealed on Tuesday will keep him out of Saturday's spring game. Travis Ryer, who covers the Crimson Tide for Bama Online, joins us now. Travis, how much of a window does this open for Jalen Hurts to have a realistic chance at re- fully reclaiming his old job? It's interesting when you think about it, Connor, because we talk about it in terms of Jalen Hurts. He, of 28 career starts, having the most to prove between now and September 1st when Alabama opens the 2018 season against Louisville down in Orlando. But I think that's the, the reality of this situation. Uh, and I think in some ways uh, it's been viewed with the Tonga Bailoa entry as sort of a reprieve for Jalen uh, and him being uh, the, the, the go-to guy this spring with the first-team offense. For for the most part, uh, Tua was able to do some things after the initial injury, but then with uh, the setback that he sustained late last week, he's out for this week and obviously for Saturday's 8-day scrimmage. So I think regardless of what would have happened, even if uh, Tua was healthy for the entirety of spring drills, Nick Saban had absolutely no motivation to tip his hand in terms of uh, naming a starter uh, for the start of the the upcoming season. So this thing was going to go into fall camp regardless. Some of it having to do with what Jalen has done for this football team as a starter, some of it having to do with, I think, a roster management uh, scenario. You want to try to keep both these quarterbacks on your roster for as long as you possibly can if you're Nick Saban. So even if Tua had been healthy and had performed the way most expected him to, uh, this thing was going to go into fall camp regardless. Do you think Tua's injury changes the mindset that Jalen Hurts might have going into A-Day? Maybe he has a sense of needing to show how much he can do on one day, maybe trying to do too much. You know, it's as simple as this for Jalen Hurts right now. It is, can he maximize the overall potential of this offense? In other words, can he spread the football around well enough that all these receivers uh, are involved. You know, unlike a year ago when it was Calvin Ridley with 60-plus receptions and then the, the number two and three receivers in the rotation, Robert Foster and Cam Sims, with a combined 28. Not 28 each. They combined for 28 receptions. Now, they want to see uh, a more of a spreading of the wealth. And not so much that it has to be a concerted effort 
on a play-by-play basis to say, look, okay, I'm going to get the ball to this guy this time. What they want to see from Jalen Hurts is to go to the guy that his progression takes him to. You know, too often what they've seen with Jalen in the passing game is a look at the primary option on a play, and then if that's not there or he's not comfortable with his primary guy, take the football and run with it. Whereas Tua, you know, it is a legitimate one, two, three type progression with him. And as we saw in the national championship game against Georgia, Tua connected with nine different receivers in the second half and overtime of that game. In the first half, Jalen only hooked up with three. So that is the challenge for Jalen Hurts. Can he truly get the ball to all the different pieces in this offense and uh, thusly maximize the potential of all these guys that he's got around one pretty significant variable in what's changed between when Alabama last played a competitive game was they have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, does the promotion of Mike Loxley and the way his offense might differ from Brian Dables change the dynamic in this quarterback battle at all? You know, it's interesting because they have had turnover, obviously, each of the well, the last, third, the last two years. I mean, when you look at just Connor the last, what, 17 months, they've had Lane Kiffin, They've had Steve Sarkeesian, Brian Dable, and now Mike Loxley calling plays for this <laughs> offense. That's four offensive coordinators. I think a key part of this, too, is that with the 10th assistant coach coming on the field, they've added Dan Enos as their quarterback's coach. as sort of just a standalone quarterback's coach. Loxley has the offensive coordinator duties. I think Enos, when you talk about Jalen especially, and you look at the work that Enos did with the Allen brothers at Arkansas, did a great job with those guys and developing them as passers. Um, he may be just what Jalen Hurts needs in terms of uh, furthering his development as a passer, specifically when working from the pocket. But, you know, I think in terms of approach with this offense, I think it's going to be more of what we've seen the last few years. I think there's going to be pro concepts in terms of uh, pocket passing and, and some drop back game. Um, but there's also going to continue to be, I think, some zone read and RPOs uh, that, that, that skill sets of both Jalen and, and Tua pretty well. So, no, I don't see a departure or a real shift away from what they've done the last couple of years. I know Nick Saban is not super liberal about giving away injury details, but do you have any sense of whether Tungabailoa's thumb issue is something that might linger into the fall, or should the layoff between now and summer workouts and fall practice pretty much give him all the time he needs to recover? Yeah, without knowing too many specifics about the setback that he sustained late last week, the, the feeling you get, though, is that you know, he should be okay by the time fall camp rolls around. What you'd like to see, though, is for him to be available for early June. And when you get everybody back on campus, they're going to wrap up the semester uh, in the next couple of weeks. They'll pretty much uh, break for the month of May. And then everybody comes back after Memorial Day weekend. And you know, we can talk about fall camp as sort of being the start of another uh, football calendar year, but it's really become June uh, when these guys get on campus. All the freshmen are there. Uh, and they start their 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 summer workout. So, you know, I would say uh, August at the latest he should be fine. But it'll be interesting to see if he's able to really take part in uh, again summer workouts, Pascal, those type of things that have become just as much a part of the football calendar year as the season, spring ball, and and uh, and other aspects of it. 
Travis Ryer is a senior analyst for Bama Online and hosts Southern Fried Sports on 102.9 FM in Tuscaloosa. You can find him on Twitter at Travis Ryer. Travis, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Connor. Trevor Lawrence was the number one overall prospect in the class of 2018 and the recipient of the highest rating for a quarterback in 24-7 sports history. The hype train kept rolling right along on Saturday as the true freshman completed 11 of 16 pass attempts for 122 yards and a touchdown and, more importantly, looked great doing it. The incumbent starter, Kelly Bryant, on the other hand, struggled greatly, adding fuel to the flame of speculation that Lawrence will take over for Bryant sooner than later. 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Barton Simmons is here to help us understand just how significant this performance truly was. So, Barton, after watching the Clemson spring game on Saturday, if you were their head coach, who would you start at quarterback? <laughs> I mean, I think... We're talking about, obviously, the, the limited information I've got and based on watching the spring game. Um, but, but yeah, with that, with that disclaimer, I'd go Trevor Lawrence as the starter. I think, the, to me, the biggest – like, the, the Clemson offense is a lot scarier with Trevor Lawrence under center. Trevor Lawrence unlocks T. Higgins, who, to me, looked like the single best playmaker – at any position on the offensive side of the ball for Clemson in that spring game. I think the way Kelly Bryant responded to Trevor Lawrence's success was a little worrisome. Uh, he kind of went in the tank. He had one first down and seven, uh, seven series under center. He uh, was like, kind of needed – like his teammates were like hugging him and like trying to lift him up when it was clear he was getting down on himself after missing three shots downfield uh, against wide-open receivers. And and on top of all that, I mean, not only did Trevor Lawrence look good, but, but I mean, he just looks so comfortable in the spotlights, in the big moments. Um, this is a far cry from the national championship game, but I think he will be ready for that big moment given – Clemson schedule early, the way their defensive line can carry them. Um, I just think that there's a lot of different reasons why Trevor makes sense. And I say that with full knowledge that I'm not in that locker room and on that practice field and don't know who the kids are, are, are um, you know, getting drawn towards. But Trevor sure looked like the better quarterback to me, and it, and it didn't look that close. So you mentioned their early schedule and – the fact that they are opening against Furman instead of, say, Alabama, does that change your calculus a little bit? Well, I look back at I look back at Alabama this past year, and and I look at the Tua stepping into the national championship game and looking like he was the guy that that should have been the starter all along. And you know, you say, well, hey, maybe if Tua is a starter, they don't beat Mississippi State, or if Tua is the starter. Um, you know, whatever Jalen's big moments were in the year. But my, my response to that was, look, if Tua was the starter at the beginning of the year against, for Alabama when they're playing Vanderbilt and they're, you know, beating the brakes off Florida State and they're, they're sort of getting that early stretch in where they're just cruising, then Tua, by the time Auburn and Mississippi State and LSU roll around, is Tua from the national championship game. And so I think Clemson has that, that same opportunity. Like, why – waste the opportunity to play the better guy early in the season just so that you can get a comfortable start. Like, let him go through some of those growing pains early. When you do feel 
pretty confident you'll be able to take care of business given what you've got on defense. So, so yeah, I think if you got if you're opening up the season with with Alabama, or if you open up the season, if you're Auburn, open the season with Washington, or something like that, it's tougher to 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 go with a, a true freshman, uh, and you go with the guy that's been in those big games and, and can get you through it. But given sort of the the light early schedule Clemson faces, I think that Trevor can absolutely grow with that team without them really having any real hiccups. So it sounds like you're also pro Tua. In the uh, I was pro Tua uh, a long time ago, uh, well before the national title game, and 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 that was admittedly like it was a hunch. I mean, really, what did we see? We saw the spring game last year, and we saw a little bit of of, uh, and I saw him in high school, and you know, and I just so yes, I think Tua won that job in the national championship game. I think it would take a. I think it would take Jalen Hurts making some really miraculous strides as a passer to to be the guy this year. Because to me, when you look at Alabama's strengths, it's all offensive skill. This is a team, hey, they're still going to be good in the front seven, and they're still going to reload in the secondary. They'll be good up front. But they're not – this team is a is, is a is the most unique Nick Saban team. Like, this team is, is the most different – from the other Nick Saban teams in the sense that it is a it's it's to me it's all about the skill it's all about that loaded wide receiver group it's all about their four or five deep at running back position and so then who is the person that best distributes to those playmakers and to me like it's not even debatable that Tua is more effective in that role so to bring it back to Clemson for a second um you know a lot of people might say well are you really going to make a sweeping conclusion from a spring game? Like, what is it? What was it about Trevor Lawrence's performance that, even with all of the usual reasons you have for discounting a spring game, that you're? Well, I mean, yeah, that, and that's fair. Um, and I think the other reason why I think you can make that Trevor Lawrence claim a little bit with a little more confidence. Is because let's let I me mean, look at what Tua did in the national championship game. Look what Jake Fromm did. Look what Jalen Hurts did in 2016. Suddenly, there's a real precedent in place that f- true freshmen can can be really successful. Like this isn't it, it's not a irresponsible thing to say that like like oh that's silly. Like a freshman can no it it can happen. It has happened. It happens every, it's happened each of the past three two years three times uh, and. And Trevor Lawrence, I called him, we called him at 24-7 Sports, better than all those other guys coming out of high school. We've called him the best quarterback prospect we've ever evaluated uh, from a rankings and, and, and numerical rating standpoint. So that, I think, is the is sort of the, the, the preamble. And then based on the spring game itself, like I, I think if people who watched the Clemson spring game last year saw Hunter Johnson – Pretty, pretty ballyhooed kid coming in in his own right. Talented kid, Army All-American, four-star, top 100, five-star by some people, whatever. He had his moments last year in the spring game, but he also looked like a freshman. He looked uncomfortable. He looked uh, a little bit unsure of himself. He looked like he was that, that he was playing a, in a college football game for the first time. And this is all very subjective, I understand, but Trevor Lawrence didn't look like that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked comfortable, looked like the spotlight was 
was where he wanted to be, looked like the pace and speed of the game was something he was very comfortable with. I just felt like he looked poised. And I think in the spring game, maybe more so than anything else, that's what you want. You want to see that poise that is not something that is really – I mean, it's, it's not that coachable. You, to a certain degree, you're comfortable in those moments or, or you're not. Certainly you can warm up to it. But, but Trevor looks like he's sort of built for those moments. So now that you have an understanding of why it is that some people believe Lawrence deserves the job, let's go out to Clemson and talk to a reporter who covers the team and get a sense of just how likely it is that he will indeed win the job. Anna Hickey was there to see the game and hear from Dabo Swinney on Saturday. Anna, what was the head coach's assessment of how his quarterbacks played and where do you think they stand in his eyes at the end of spring practice? Well, Swinney didn't, didn't downplay Trevor Lawrence's awesome performance, and then he didn't try to kind of smooth over Bryant's dismal performance. I mean, he was, I think in seven series, he got one first down, um, and Bryant, he overthrew two guys right out of the gate, and then it just kind of affected the rest of the game. Um, meanwhile, Lawrence goes out there, tosses or fakes a toss out to the running back, kind of draws the safeties in, and then hits a 50-yarder of beauty down the sideline to T. Higgins and stride with the score. Um, and that kind of told the story for, of the day for those two quarterbacks. Uh, and then, you know, Sweeney was asked after the game, he said, you know, is, is it still Kelly Bryant's job? Um, it clearly coming into the spring, obviously Kelly Bryant was the guy. Uh, but now Dabo kind of backed off on that statement. He said, you know, this is just one evaluation. Like you said, you, people have a tendency to kind of, exaggerate um, play up spring game performances but at the same time I mean it's going to factor into it and I think that um, there's the gap is definitely closed um, whether or not you know a summer and a fall camp is enough for Lawrence to really grab total command of the offense and start game one versus Furman I don't know but I do think that before the season's over that we're going to have a discussion of whether Trevor Lawrence is going to be starting or not do and I mean, we haven't even talked about Hunter Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, Hunter Johnson. Do you think the fact that Clemson does open against Furman instead of, say, Auburn changes the equation at all for Dabo Sweeney here? I don't know because week two they go to College Station and play Texas A&M. So even though you do have that warm-up game, I mean, week two it hits you that you've got a big, big game on the road. Um, and you know Jimbo Fisher is going to want to beat Dabo Sweeney at his new school. So, um I don't know. The other part that's tricky is that Kelly Bryant has shown that he can, like you said, he can get Clemson to the college football playoff. And Clemson's schedule after Texas A&M, I mean, it is, it's easy. Let's face it. I mean, they've got Florida State at home, I think Louisville on the road. But other than that, I mean, they should win the rest of their game. So um, Kelly Bryant should, I mean, he can win. Clemson can win with him. But the question is, can they beat Alabama in a semifinal? Or do you need Trevor Lawrence to kind of get them over that hump? Um, and if that's the case, when do you does it become more performance based um, instead of versus winning games? Just kind of what it was last year. It was like, hey, Kelly Bryant's winning games for us, but this year it might be, you know, you're looking more at the nuances just because its competition is so tight, and you can't deny the, the skill set that Lawrence brings. At the end of the season, who do you think is going to be the starter? <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded question in April, it is. but um, I honestly I think it'll be Trevor Lawrence. I think um, you look at Kelly Bryant, and he has a unique skill set of being able to run 
but people forget that Trevor Lawrence can also run too. And we saw that Saturday, everyone, including myself, was reminded that he's not just a drop back pocket passer. You know, he, even though he's six, five and a half, six, six, he's got some wheels and that's definitely um, necessary for the way Clemson runs its offense. So I think it'll be Trevor Lawrence, um, whether or not it's a, you know, they try to do play both quarterbacks. I don't know whether they want to tread those waters, but um, I do think that, that we'll see Trevor Lawrence at the end of the season. Anna Hickey is a reporter for Clemson247.com. You can find her on Twitter at Anna H247. Anna, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. There's a new episode of The Morning Blitz every weekday, so we'll be back in your podcast feed tomorrow morning talking to the reporters covering the biggest college football stories of the day in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package, except for today when we ran about six minutes long. If you enjoy what we're doing here at The Morning Blitz, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and tell a friend to check us out.